Mega Screen Time. You are listening to Mega Screen Time. A podcast where a father and son talk about screen time. We have a super special episode today because it's summer vacation. And we have had a very cinematic couple of weeks. seen three huge fun films in the theater and that's what we're going to talk about today on the podcast which one are you most excited to talk about buddy um of the probably three. kubo kubo the which is not out yet amazing Ta-da. stop motion animation adventure film that we uh, Got to see early. Last minute, a, a good friend of mine who now works at the animation studio that made Kubo uh, got us friends and family passes to the screening that was held uh, last weekend here in Portland because the um, movie studio Leica, where they animate uh, the all of the Leica Wait, movies. That was last weekend? No, that was this weekend. Yeah, well, the previous weekend from when we're talking. Right, yeah. Uh, the Leica, which has made mm-hmm. Box Trolls, which you loved. Yep, it was pretty good. Uh, you saw it, it. You I saw it on Netflix. It. It's pretty good. Cool. Uh, good I, didn't, movie. I didn't really get to watch it. It looked gorgeous, uh, but Box I didn't watch Trolls? it. Yeah, that was a long time ago that you watched Box mm-hmm. Trolls without me, but I was uh, walking around the house doing other stuff. Um, yeah, Box Trolls is the most recent. Kubo is even more recent and isn't out yet. It is beautiful. When will it be out? Like August something. Yeah, August like, something. We have the something. August nineteenth, according to Ooh, the promotional okay. poster that we brought home from the screening. So let's hear let's hear your reviews. No spoilers. We we discussed earlier what a spoiler would be to this movie, and we are not going to spoil Kubo. So what? Can what I do you, say where it starts off? Yeah, that's not a spoiler. Okay, so basically. Yeah, they they start off. They're kind of in a village, and basically, what Kubo does to earn money for his family is he uses magic to make origami dance and tell stories. Yeah, and he plays, the story was amazing. Yeah, and he plays a um, guitar-like instrument from Japan called a oh god, mom knows shamisen. No, no, oh, I'm such an idiot. Anyway, it's a three-stringed instrument. It might be that. I'm not sure. He rocks out on this instrument, tells tells beautiful stories, and uses uh, some of his uh, badass magic powers to make origami dancing. That's Eamon pointed at me because I might have spoiled it. Uh, so that's that's the beginning of the movie, and then Kubo goes on an adventure. Um, what did you like best about the movie Kubo? Is a spoiler. Okay, don't say the spoiler. What did you like best? What else did you like? Or how do you? T- how can you say what you like best without being without it being a spoiler? I can tell you what time in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I can tell you the setting. Yeah. The first time in the graveyard. Oh, the first time in the graveyard. Don't say anything about it. 
Was there a character that was there? Why did you like it? I can't tell. It's a spoiler. Oh, okay. Maybe I can we... tell you where. It's the first time. The first time you come into the graveyard, the entire time. Okay. Is the awesome part that huh. I like. Neat. Well, I will say that the action mo- parts of this movie were incredible. Uh, the fight scenes yeah, were probably like the best fight scenes you'll ever see in an animated film and uh it was really 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 cool that we got to see kubo so without spoiling the movie is that all we have to say about it almost all right yeah basically finish it off final statement on kubo um amazing movie you need to watch it the second it comes out all right highly recommended by this 10 year old boy and thank you so much to my friend who who uh, got us friends and family pass that was really cool it's really it's really cool of Leica to be the kind of place that lets uh their artists who work there uh share the movie with their friends because it was a really cool experience, and as soon as we had and family, yeah, and as soon as we had the um, the passes around our neck, they made us feel very welcome, and it was really fun. And they had like six whole theaters out there in Hillsdale, mm, uh, which three, is a suburb Dad. of Portland. No, they, one three D, two non three D. They told me it was six theaters. They had they showed it all morning long on Saturday. All right, huh. moving on. Huh. We saw two different movies at the Hollywood Theater, which is a really special place. In my life, because... 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, let's talk about 2001 A Space Odyssey. I was so excited Wait, 2001 to... 2001 A Space Odyssey? Yeah. I was so excited to buy tickets to 2001 A Space Odyssey and share it with you. Uh, mostly because of how much I know you love science it fiction movies. kind of like... You get lost. It's very easy to get lost in the story at the end. Yeah. I got lost. You're not alone. Uh, for like... At- most of the ending. <laughs> that is a commonly held opinion of 2001 A Space Odyssey. So I was so excited to share that with you because... Um, Obviously, we don't have that now. Right? It's, Mo- it's 15 it actually, years beyond the 2001-y time. Part of it either took place in 2002 or 2000 because there was a time in the movie where it said 18 months later, which has to be at least a year. Good so point. So it's either the beginning... Like, the part where they find something at the beginning. Like, there's one, either there's one part that's 2000, one part that's 2001, or there's one part that's 2001, one part that's 2002. Or technically it could be one part that's 2000, one part that's two, that, and one, one part that's 2000, one part that's 2002, so or something like that. You, because 18 years can be two years. You've pointed so out... 18 months. All right, enough with the anomaly of time. Fine. You pointed out that it's... It's 15 years in the future of 2001, and not everything that we had in that movie we have in real life. Like what? We barely have any of We don't have any of that. Well, I can think of a lot of exciting things that we do have. We don't have a moon base. We don't have a moon base, and that is really, really true. We also don't have tourists in spaceships. We barely have space tourism. There's been like... A- there are, We're about to. They said right. like... Five years from now, four years from now, we're going to have... You, you can... Very, very rich people can have tours of space. Yes. Uh, the like private, a vacation. <gasps> hey, kids, we're going on vacation to space. The private companies that are working on space exploration want to sell tickets to rich people. Um, yep. There has been... 
I think, one rich guy on the planet Earth who's paid for his ticket to space. But it's not like a common thing. Wait, so he already went or he paid yeah, for it no. five years from now? There's a guy who went. I don't know the history, but he awesome. went. He paid like many millions of dollars for his ticket. Millions upon millions upon millions, um, millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon No, I would say just, well, like just millions. What else? Millions so we don't have space tourism. What else? I can think of some things we do have. We have a computer that can beat you at chess. Ah, yeah. When he made that movie, that was science fiction. There were no computers that could beat humans at chess. There now there. Yeah, now there are computers that can beat even the best people. Uh, we have tablets. There were tablets on on the spaceship, but they weren't touch screen. They didn't touch screen. They didn't know they were touch screens. They just talked. But they did have tablets. Queen sides pawn. To well, pawn from yeah. this to that instead voice, of just voice commands instead of just click click like uh, we have but now on the spaceship like on the mission to click, Jupiter click. in the second half of the movie both of the astronauts uh, well, and we don't have the talking thing talk, we don't have what talking thing we we can't like say just play a YouTube video that's what Siri does uh huh yeah we haven't really played with that in our life you but, can't just say play youtube video it's starting to happen now it's definitely if you have siri serious no go way to youtube as smart Wait, does as that Al. work if you say go to youtube does it work yeah Will probably go to- siri go to youtube awesome. people do that all the time that's easy. you have to say siri first yeah because otherwise she doesn't know siri, that you're talking go to, her. to youtube um siri, go to YouTube. super smart computers yes but not go, as smart go, as how that's already 15 years of the future. We didn't have, even have something like Siri 15 That's true. years ago. That's true. So we're a little bit behind. And we definitely, we're way behind. We're way behind. And we definitely have no uh, mission to Jupiter. No manned mission to Jupiter anywhere. Jupiter. Uh, in my lifetime, there's just nothing planned. Uh, there's lots of robot. That's the sound that Jupiter makes? Or are you no, just messing around? No, that's the sound that that... The, the, the rectangular thingy-majingy. Ah, uh, yes. The... Monolith, I believe. Right. Whenever they meet, it does that weird sound. Like, ah. Yeah, the music in that movie was intense. One of the beautiful things about that movie. Like it's well, really, really loud. One of the other things that I really wanted to share with you about that film before we saw it, and I mentioned it now in the podcast, is that it's really cool to think about how that movie came before Star Wars and was really... Before, and f- after Star Trek. Yes, but it was really the first time that people could go to the movies and see spaceships flying around in space, Star and it Trek. didn't look like kid stuff. Star it didn't Trek. look like pretend. Star Trek. But if you watch the Star Trek television show, which I don't believe you ever have. Star Trek movies. But the Star Trek movies weren't out yet. I've watched the television show. I've watched the show with you. Yeah, it No, that's, that's the next generation, sweetheart. Oh, right. That's right, from the 90s. Right. Star Trek from the 60s, actually, they very... But from the 90s is when it actually... Yeah, but that's a different... That's what Wait, you're... so when was 2001 Space Odyssey right. made? 1968, I think. Oh, oh. Yeah. Before is there the moon another, landed. a new one? There is a sequel, yeah. I think it no, came a out. New, a new uh, Star Trek. After Star Trek Next Generation, is there a new series? So uh, they're, they're not, there's, there are several spinoffs that come out of the next generation universe. And then 
the whole cinematic reboot just started in the last uh, couple of years, and those are only movies right now. And that's a um, that's a retcon as they're going back in time and changing the timeline. So it's not the TV show universe. It's like the TV show universe, but with a whole new timeline so they can do whatever they want in it. And it's all movies. Can we talk about something we've never talked about on the show? Yeah. The presidential election. Okay, let's talk about the presidential <laughs> election. What's happening right now uh, as Republican we record this? The Republican something majinger. Yeah, the... the um, the Republican National Convention. Convention. Do you remember what a national convention has been historically for? Um, uh, all the, the when they truly actually pick the candidate, if there are two, which there aren't, it's just Donald Trump. This time around, it's it, Donald Trump. Donald no, but there actually Trump. was. Uh, we haven't gotten a chance to really watch the news mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. But earlier uh, this week, at the beginning of the convention, the group of delegates who were there to who didn't like Donald Trump, mostly I think who liked Ted Cruz the best, tried to have a vote about Ted Cruz instead. And the people that were running the convention, the Donald Trump people, would not let them do it. So they screamed and yelled and booed, and then that was the end. So yes, the convention is not to uh, select the nominee because the nominee's already selected. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. You brought it up. The entire thing. You brought it up. Who? I, I forgot. Who did you think would win in the uh, the Republican side? Well, uh, like at the very beginning, who did you think? Way would back win? before any votes were cast. Yeah. Who did you way think? Way back would before win? any debating had happened. Um, I had a feeling like Scott Walker. <laughs> But was, he was like number seven, and he was one of the first people to drop out. Yeah, he dropped out before the voting happened, but Jeez. he had a very successful and very contentious. Uh, uh, when he was governor of Wisconsin, uh, he got a lot of things accomplished for the Republican side, and he fought really hard against the Democrats in his state and won, and he won big. And then they tried to recall him which was a huge expense, and they lost that recall. So Scott Walker seemed like a powerful guy. It turned out that on the national stage, he didn't have what it took. I also uh, heard that uh, some of the richest dudes who have a lot of uh, millions and billions in mining, they're mostly a mining. him? They liked him. They're called the Koch brothers. The Koch bros. So the Koch bros uh, liked Scott Walker, and I thought that that was going to make all the difference in the world. Their money uh, did not make him viable in the end. So after Scott Walker, uh, let's say that the smart money in in uh, conventional wisdom was on uh, Jeb. Everyone thought Jeb was Bush. the yeah Jeb was the guy. Why he wasn't the guy? Um, because in the past, uh, Wait, when he dropped out, who did you think would win after that? Well, after that, it was anyone's game, and that's when things got crazy. And Donald Trump just like and Donald Trump just kept crushing it. Yeah, it was amazing. Who do you think would do a Democrat? Uh, Hillary. And you were correct with that one. That was not hard. But I was uh, happy to see Bernie run. And Bernie that got was second. Fun. Yeah. That was awesome. That was fun to watch that whole campaign. Yeah, yeah, I guess we could have talked about that campaign the entire time on this podcast, yeah. but we never got around to it. Uh, yep. what, what did you learn about presidential politics? This is the first time I actually paid attention because... Last time it happened, I was six, and I didn't really want to pay attention to it. Sure. And the time before that, I was two. 
and I definitely didn't care then. Yeah. So that was like the first actual time I paid attention. I mean, when I was six, I paid attention and knew that I wanted Barack Obama to beat, um, what's his dad? Uh, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. But I didn't really know why. I just knew that that he was better than Mitt Romney. Yep. That was our opinion around your house. But now I actually have my own opinions. Oh, tell me. I wanted Marco Rubio. Yeah? Why so? I don't know. (laughs) I just did. And Bernie. If it was Marco Rubio and Bernie in the general election, who would you choose to vote for? Bernie. Okay. Why? Because he had, like, there were more things that were big. Like, there was free college and there was the minimum wage, which are both amazing. And I would both really like. Yeah, raising the minimum wage would be a helpful thing for And free college is people. nice, too. And free college is extremely helpful. And they for... are raising the minimum wage. He got yes. them, too. Slowly, yeah. Slowly, slowly. slowly. But they did. Yeah, yeah. so that was an important thing for him to run on. Um but I didn't win it. Why did you like Margot Rubio? I don't know. What do you remember about that guy? That I liked him more than Donald Trump. Fair enough. Easily. Me too. I can agree with that and statement. I don't really know. I just like him a little better than Ted Cruz. Yeah, I think he was the most appealing person to young people. Uh, so you've you've and certainly yeah you've certainly uh, hooked onto that story. Um, yeah. Do you remember when Marco Rubio lost? Um, did he, uh, no, I don't actually. So Marco Rubio is the senator from the state. Didn't he lose that, his own state? That's right. Right. He couldn't win Florida. And Florida is his own state. So what, what's the point of that guy? You know, if you can't, if you can't win your own state in a Republican primary and you're supposed to be a serious candidate as a Republican, because you know who won their own state. Who? Wait, did John Kasich won his own state? I think so, yeah. Yeah. John Kasich, who didn't win anything at all, won his Bernie own state. Bernie did. Bernie won his own state of Vermont. Uh, Hillary doesn't have an own state. Hillary was the senator from the state of New York. But not. And but she won. Now New York. she isn't. Now she, she isn't. isn't but she won her own state. So that's yeah. uh, fair enough. Anything else? Apparently, you want? the caucuses at the beginning didn't end up really mattering, and Bernie won some of the caucus. Bernie won that very very close tie. That they said Hillary won, that close tie didn't even matter. That was just the beginning of it. Yeah, the caucuses go back and forth like crazy. And in the end, Bernie won more than half of those weird caucuses. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I like that Bernie wins, right? So I'll just put my cards on the table. Uh, But I'll say right now that it appears that caucuses are dumb. Because you have to stay up late, and you have to go drive somewhere, and you have to, like, uh, spend a lot of time... And if you have a baby, or if you have a job, or if you don't have a car, or if you don't want to stand around all day in a room, you can't participate. So it's like only for certain people. And voting should be much easier than that. So I think primaries are better than caucuses. I agree with people on that score. Um, Anything else about the presidential election? Surprise topic on this episode of the podcast. Uh, not exactly, no. I'm glad we brought it up. That's cool. Yeah, there's more to talk about. How many times has it been like this where there are actually only two remaining? This is how it's supposed to work. But sometimes there are, like, two or three still. So we can talk about, yeah, the history of... Like, three or two or three that are just perfectly tied the entire way. Well, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in 2008 were tied 
the whole way. Barack Obama was kind of winning for most of it, but Hillary Clinton kept winning big states. And now she actually won. Yes, and so it was similar to Bernie, but less close. It was closer when it was Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And it, when, when we got to the convention, that was, there was still some question about what was going to happen with Hillary Clinton's delegates, and she ended up uh, giving them over to Barack Obama on the floor of the convention, and it was all very unifying. So she actually just gave up and let him win? Yeah, but then what happened? She got something. What? We don't know about the secret negotiations, but we know very publicly that she was... She got his... um... She was the Secretary of State in his administration. Yeah. So she got a top cabinet position. And didn't he support her? Didn't he... um... Yes. What's it called? But that was eight years later. What is it called, though? Endorse. Yeah. He endorsed her this time. Yeah. That was eight years... Eight, eight years later. Did she run again against him in 2012? No, no, she did not. Why not? Uh, that she is, just stayed as Secretary of State. That is a very rare occurrence for someone within the party to challenge like the, the incumbent vice president? president. Like the vice president? The vice president if never the, would never do that because the vice president's on the team. So the vice president would have to like stab his team in the back to run as president against the wishes of everybody he works with, he wouldn't be the vice president anymore. That'd be intense. I don't know if that's ever happened in U.S. history. There have been times where the sitting president was challenged. Uh, Most recently, I know that that happened with uh, Carter and Kennedy back Mm. in an election that I wasn't paying attention to in uh, 1980. And Carter ended up losing that election to Ronald Reagan. Wait, so the vice president won? No, but it wasn't the vice president. It was was somebody that he chose beat him? No, no. So Jimmy Carter was the president for four years. Yeah. And when it was time for him to be nominated to run again, he was challenged by by Ted Kennedy, a senator. A senator that he chose? No. A senator who was elected from the state of Massachusetts. And Ted Kennedy's challenge to Jimmy Carter was controversial and exciting and made for a lot of news at the convention because he wanted to be president. He thought Jimmy Carter should only have four years as president and then should retire, which is weird. Usually you get two terms in modern history. Usually. Some there people wasn't. only get four. Well, the, well, they lose if they only get four. That's that's what happens. Some people only get like, wasn't there like two presidents who only got like a month? And then died? Well, that's something else. But then their vice president took over. But it was like over. a week. I feel like they both got like yeah. a couple there's a guy days. That, there's a guy that died of a cold. Like, I feel like both of the guys only got like a couple of days and then they died. Yeah, we'll have to go back to that book. You know what I think you're talking about? Yeah. Is the amazing book. What's it called? Where Do Presidents Come From? Where Do Presidents Come From is a really wonderful nonfiction uh, graphic novel that I, that I highly recommend for all children to enjoy, to learn about presidents, and fart jokes. Ah, yep. It's true information well, about presidents. Well, not actually fart, but like that kind of joke. There's a lot of, or like bunny, bunny bunnies. fart jokes. Not all right, farts, so that was a surprise topic. Bunnies. Um, bunnies. 2001 A Space Odyssey. So glad we saw it in the theater. Really cool amazing. to see at the Hollywood Theater. Amazing. Um, did it make you want to read the book? Movie. Yes. Can you? We can read can the book. Can we get it? Yes. We could totally read the book. I read it when I was do you have any review of the? Do you have a review of the book? Uh, it helps. It helps explain what's like, going make on. Make a review of the book. Give us a review. Well, here's what I know, actually. When 
Arthur C. Clarke, the science fiction writer, who is very sciencey, very much like he's a real scientist, like a guy who really knows what might really happen if we explore space with uh, rocket ships and all that good cool. stuff. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke and Stanley Kubrick, the guy that made the movie, sat down together to talk about the story. And they worked on it together. They used each other's ideas. And then at some point, very early on, they decided that the book and the movie, they would write them at the same time. And they did? Yeah. So the script for the movie and the working on the book happened at the same time. I don't know exactly how soon one followed the other. I think the movie probably came out before the book. But they're very, very close together. And the book makes a few things that are like poetic in the movie much more clear like what so like you really know mm. what's happening when the monolith first appears in front of those monkeys monkeys and you happen to know that those aren't monkeys you know that those are early human type but i knew we knew yeah i was when the first time i saw it as a kid i didn't really get it i didn't know I that knew those the, were supposed to be I humans knew. i know it i know it. i thought we were just watching animals yelling at each other um I knew they were humans. So, did you know what was going on when the monolith appeared? No. I had no idea what it was. No idea, right. In the book, you happen to know that that's alien technology. How? He just says so. Suddenly, an alien monolith appeared basically, in front of them. Basically. There's a thing, I think it's in the book, that, um, that says that, but Arthur C. Clarke definitely said it. And this is a cool idea. Uh... Any advanced technology would seem like magic to people who don't understand it. Hmm, cool. I like that. Yeah. It's like a quote. Yes, it is a quote. It's his quote. It's a famous quote. Yeah, I didn't get it right perfectly, but that's what he said. And so the idea that the monolith, which looks like it has magic powers, it appears out of nowhere... It's actually just advanced alien technology. Yeah. So, um, what does it do at the beginning with the humans? It evolves them to yeah. use tools and weapons. It gives them the idea for tools. And weapons. What does it give them at the moon? We don't know. It cuts away. And it might say in the book. And then there are, he ends up seeing, they end up, human race ends up seeing them four times. And only touches it twice. At the very end. Yeah, there yeah. we end up seeing it twice, four times, and only twice did we actually touch it. That's right. I think so. that actually means the human race is doomed. Whoa. Why? Well, let's, we let's, didn't let's, touch let's establish it. what didn't... you're talking about. Uh, at the very end of the movie, there's this uh, long and difficult to understand colorful special effects amazing there's a lot that happens and we saw it in 70 millimeter in a and in my eye I, I, I couldn't really i that that's where i got lost mainly yeah um and then the astronaut who uh had traveled out to jupiter to meet to to, to well to see what he could see uh now he is somewhere strange he's not on jupiter at all no he is not he kept seeing himself and more or less the second that both him and the other himself saw each other, he turned into the other one. Yeah. Like, he saw himself for, like, maybe a minute before that self turned around and saw him. But the second he turned around and saw him, he turned into that one that saw him. 
It's really weird. Yeah, that was a very strange sequence. Um, a film, film sequence that is very poetic and not very literal. So uh, one of the things we know that happened watching that is that he got old. So yeah. old that he died. Before he could touch the monolith for the fourth time. Who? When did he touch the monolith the first time? Did he touch it? He didn't touch it the first or second time. The third time, floating in space, he didn't end up touching it. Right. And the fourth time in bed, in that bed, in the weird thing, he also didn't see it. That's true. He, it. I love that you caught that part. He's reaching for the monolith in bed, but he cannot touch it. And the time in space, he reached out. He was like in, a couple inches away from touching it. And then he was suddenly in that weird portal yeah, thing. Which I I take. Light space. I think either from the book or just from my own imagination. Light but speed. I think from the book. Yeah. I understand he touched that, it and then it zipped him away. That he ended up traveling across the universe to <gasps> to where the aliens who created the monolith actually, lived. He touched it for the third time, but we just couldn't tell. He touched it and then immediately that's what teleported him. Yeah, transported him. Uh the first time it was touched was when the They we evolved. Yeah, Human race so evolved the, to use tools. Those animals were touching it. Uh the second time it was touched, we don't know what happened. It was on the surface of the moon. Yeah. But that's when the trip out to Jupiter started. 18 months later. The third time he touched it, he was transported to a magical home world of this mysterious race that uh, we don't even know if his body really got there or was it just his mind because everything was so crazy. And then the fourth time he couldn't reach out. What happens when he can't touch it? He dies. And then what? Um, And then the credits. Before the credits. I don't know. It's the last image of the movie. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Him as a baby. Yeah. Looking down at Earth in a protective bubble. Yeah. I thought that was an alien. Yeah. What do you think that was all about? I don't know. I have an idea now. What? Like, just now I thought of it, really. Well, you have pointed out that each time humans encountered the monolith... Something very important happened, even though we don't know what happens on the moon, but that's what sends them out into the solar system. It's the first manned exploration of the solar system. The The first time we touch it, it's when we start using tools. The third time we touch it, it's when we go visit them, which is crazy and doesn't make any sense. The fourth time, he doesn't touch it. it. And then the infant is poised above the globe of the Earth. And to me, that symbolizes that... The generation that was alive when that movie came out was not going to unlock the secrets of the universe through space exploration. Like your generation or my generation. Yeah, future generations. It would be like either generation. It wasn't the baby boomers. It would be like Generation X. Yeah, which wasn't named yet, which had just been born. It would end up being Generation X. It, It might be. Generation X, the Millennials, or whatever our yeah. generation is. And that's a cool topic for later and for now, I guess, is the idea of like oh. the whole space program that was really ramping up really intensely when that movie came out has been on hold. No, we sent that awesome robot out. Yes, there's been some cool robots. That robot that's out right now taking pictures of whatever the place is. Jupiter? It? Yeah, it's taking pictures of Jupiter now. Yeah, just now. That's true. And Jupiter is that one, right? Yes. And Jupiter could just be a giant cloud with no surface at all. That's what we've been reading. 
it, there could be no rock, no nothing inside of it, not even an asteroid. All gas. Gas giant. It might just be, there might be an asteroid in there. Yes. That well, ha- technically, and, I don't think it's called an asteroid. But it could be more or less like the size of a small asteroid, but with immense gravitational pull. Yeah. Keeping all that gas there. Yeah. Or the gas could just keep its... Eat, keep itself there keep you've got a good point there's been a lot of space exploration but in a lot of ways the the promise of the kinds of films and the kinds of books that arthur c Clarke was writing was put on hold they really uh took a break from from shooting people in then space. uh there's robert a heinlein yes why do you bring heinlein up because he also writes books about space yeah. Exploration. That's how I knew you'd like 2001 A Space Odyssey because you yeah. really dug his books. And we've talked about that on previous podcasts, I think. Yeah, we're going to go overtime a little bit today because we actually, it's been so we don't long. We have to talk about I want to, I want to just, because we talk about it next time. Let's just next take a deep time. breath because, dude, next. we keep saying next time. It's time to make a confession. It's really hard to get this podcast out every yeah, week. We always have other things we want to do than sit down in front of microphones. And so let's just take, take on the next movie because we saw aliens, aliens in 70 millimeter at the hollywood theater here in Extra portland just scary i took a risk i knew that you would be scared but i, I also, wasn't too scared i also I fell asleep i fell asleep you luckily. fell asleep when we got home because it just uh it was the 30th anniversary of aliens being released in the theater 1986 and all of the screenings at the Hollywood Theater. Can we watch the first movie ever showed at Hollywood Theater? Sure. There. So we learned we learned that the Hollywood Theater, which is a wonderful art house cinema here in Portland that has gone through a lot of changes over the decades, has been revived by someone who loves cinema and he gets up on stage and tells everybody what he's excited about and and he got up on stage at the beginning of Aliens, uh, which we saw on Sunday night. It's it's now Tuesday afternoon. Uh, and told us that the Hollywood Theater is 90 years old. Its birthday was like last week. And so is some random guys. So so is a guy who makes movies. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Boring grown up, boring grown up movies. No, no, well, that's. I told you that Paris, <laughs> Texas, was a movie that you would not find exciting, because Harry Dean Stanton is the star of Paris, Texas, and they're going to show that at the Hollywood Theater, and it's a super sad movie about divorce. And there's a kid, and Harry Dean Stanton is the dad, and he's trying to search for the kid's mom, but she's gone, and she left him. And we don't ever, like, it's like, it's just so sad and lonely. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton was also in the movie Alien. He's the guy with the hat. Do you remember that? No. They, They don't all have hats. There's a part of the movie where he stands under dripping water and lets the water splash on him and he takes off his hat and lets the water rain down on him. And it's basically right when you know that he is going to get attacked. Like you just know it because of the horror movie elements that are building and building. That's... Does he have the flamethrower? No, he has no weapons. He's just a he's just a dude. He's like one of the first people to get killed by the alien. I think. Besides he... the guy who got infected. Yes, exactly. Besides the guy who got infected. Ash, I guess. Should we just talk about Alien? Well, <laughs> let's talk about Aliens and then wrap up this podcast. Okay. What do you think of that movie? Pretty good. Yeah. What What'd you like about it? Uh, Well, halfway through or so, I knew. I, I like 
you know what? I think that guy's going to survive. And he did. Which guy? The guy that got the concussion. Oh, yeah. Um, I was like, you know what? I think he's going to survive. Did and you know you've did. seen him in another movie? Another end. classic 80s action what? science fiction movie? Predator? It's not in Predator. Really? He's in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, though. Oh, okay. Uh, Terminator? Yeah, he's the good guy in Terminator. Oh! Of course he is. I forgot his name, which is like an 80s movie sin. I should remember his name because he's one of my favorite actors from the 80s. I knew he'd survive. I'm like, you know, that guy's going to survive. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good at when he, and he's in everything. And he's not. And he did. And he's not like a. Um, he didn't get to be like a super famous movie star. He only got to be. Who played that? The other be- new and improved Terminator in the second one. Good question. I forgot his name as well. Because apparently. In the future of Terminator, the rebels, I guess, uh, took over a factory yes. that makes. But then the bad guys just made figured out an even better Terminator. Who are the bad guys in Terminator? I don't remember. I really don't. Remember. It's basically Hal. Right, right, yeah, it's basically Hal. But in in Terminator, in the Terminator universe, Hal is called Skynet. Skynet. Right. We didn't talk about Hal at all. It doesn't matter. I like talking it about Hal. It doesn't matter. I think Hal is the most fascinating character in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay, back to Aliens. There are no, There is no Hal in Aliens. Um, we just saw it the other night. I'm really glad we saw it. The only movie, the only showtime that was left was 10 p.m. on a Sunday, but it's summer vacation, so we don't have anything better to do than to stay up until 1230 at night seeing a scary movie in the theater, father and son style. 20 millimeter. No, 70, sweetheart. Oh, 70 millimeter. Yeah, 70 millimeter. 20 you know, millimeter is like what? RTV? Uh, well, a large flat screen? That's a good question. I do not know how to compare modern day HD video with... I'm guessing 20 millimeter would be about like a, a large plasma TV. We, we should look this up later. Basically, like maybe 100 When inch. you're talking about millimeters, you're talking about how big the, the film strip is yeah. inside of the machine. And the film strip just has tiny pictures on it. But 70 millimeter has a lot of gorgeous uh, picture in there. It's totally different than how TV works, which is all ones and zeros digital. Totally different because it's actually an analog. It's is really TV like color. Ones and zeros, well, or ones, zeros, twos, and threes and fours. Technically, everything's binary inside computers, but that's not a thing I really even understand. Even though it, I kind of do, I kind of don't. But what I'm saying is, I don't even know if you could compare 70 millimeter to HD TV, and nor should we. Um, let's wrap up this podcast by figuring out how Aliens. It's the sequel to Alien. Yep. Came out in 1986. Dang good. Uh, I'm was really happy to show it to you because I think I could be wrong, but I think it's the first time there were space marines in a movie, and I think that the space marines—they were exactly space marines because they had already colonized the planet and it was breathable air, so they they were basically right. just that yeah, they weren't really air mar- they weren't really space marines. They were basically just. Do you remember what they were called in this movie? War war people. They had a name. They were, were colonial they? marines. Colonial. But they were just normal fighters. Yeah. So they, they didn't, didn't have. They weren't like space helmet, space gear, yeah. laser blasters. That's they were true. just normal. In this movie, the director, the writer, and director drugs. of this movie, I'm sure, made a decision not to have these colonial marines fight in spacesuits. 
because that would be expensive and weird and difficult to do. You're totally right. Hard for the actors. Hard for the actors, hard for the special effects, hard to shoot, hard to film, hard to create. So, yeah. Hard to tell who's who. Space Marines. I mean, I actually noticed watching this one. When I thought of when I thought of the movie, I just thought like open planet army of like hundreds of space marines. Yeah. Open fields. Yeah, fields of battle. Like, Real, yeah. Thousands upon thousands of space marines in spacesuits against like hundreds of like hundreds and hard, hundreds of the aliens. With, like, a couple of, now I know, like, two or three motherships. Yeah. So I need well, to do my research, but I'm just going to guess. Queens. I'm going to guess that the, I think it's James Cameron. I'm going to guess that the filmmaker and writer of this movie, who I think is James Cameron, uh, that he read Robert Heinlein's book, Starship Troopers. Mm. Starship Troopers is famous now because it was made into a movie in the 90s. And uh, we'll watch it someday. But I think that I think that uh, James Cameron read it uh, because there are a lot of similarities, including the Marines just being Marini. Um, it's possible that he was going off other information. Uh, it's also, I mean, because that's a Starship Troopers is a book that the Space Marines fight alien killer bugs, and remember they're talking about is this a bug hunt? Are we going on another bug hunt? Right. That made me think that he had read Starship Troopers. Uh, Aliens, you enjoyed it? Yep. Would you recommend it to people who are scared of scary movies? No. What was one of the things that you... If so, maybe close your eyes <laughs> at the scary part. What was one of the things that you really enjoyed as a science fiction fan about Aliens? The spaceship. The the, the I really only liked... My favorite scenes were in the spaceships. Mm. For some reason, which which spaceship? All of them. Oh, like mainly not the main one. Mainly like the ship, the the like the tiny ship that comes down. Yeah, what the one that was driving was a car. No, the, the one space that flies. ship. Okay, the flying one. Cool. Well, um, what about two thousand one, a space <laughs> odyssey? What was your favorite thing as a science fiction fan in that movie? Um, I don't really know. Cause I no not laser blasters, just normal guns. Not like laser blaster guns. There were guns in two thousand one. Space. No. Odyssey? Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, aliens. aliens. No, I was saying I was switching over because oh. you were saying that. Because actually, when the movie was over, when Aliens was over, I asked you what you thought of it, and you said it was great. And then uh, I asked you what you liked better. Oh, and. In I, Aliens, I did. Li- I I was talking about Aliens when I talked about the tiny ship. Yeah, I know. Okay, good. I knew that part. But then I was switching to 2001: A Space Odyssey because you actually said in the line for the bathroom that you liked that movie better, and I was impressed. I liked 2001: Space 2001: A Space Odyssey better than Aliens. Yeah. So, do you want to say why? I don't really know. I just do. I don't really know. I just do. And what did you? What What was the coolest science fiction element of 2001: A Space Odyssey from your imagination? Since there was so much that was kind of hokey. Tons and tons of spaceships. Yeah. Like most of the movie was inside of a spaceship. Yeah, inside of a spaceship. My favorite character was Hal. Hal. How so? Well, I don't know. Hal's just awesome. 
Yeah, why is he awesome? I wonder who played the voice of Hal. We can look that up later. Well, this has been a really fun episode. I know it's been a little extra, but we saw yep. three bop, movies in the bop, theater, bop, and uh, I don't think we're ever going to get a chance to talk about them on separate podcasts. Um, it's been a real pleasure to take you to see Aliens, especially because there's like a list of uh, of uh, films from the 80s that mean a lot to me, and now I'm pretty sure that we're most of the way through all of them. Awesome. Can you list them for me as a... To make me happy? Uh, no. List off the science fiction movies from the 80s that I've shared with you that were important to me. Space Odyssey? It's actually from the 60s. Oh. So that was not 80s? one of them. Yeah. Oh, um, um, I'm not sure. Some of the Star Warses? Star Warses are weirdly not, they weirdly don't count. But those Star are Wars-es- those are great films. But that's not the what I'm thinking of. I don't know. Well... We saw Alien and Aliens, even though the first Alien was from the late 70s. Yeah. We saw uh, Total... No, we haven't seen Total Recall yet, which is... That's the next on my list. We saw Running Man. Oh, yeah, Running Man. That was, like, last summer, Dad. I think it was a while ago, but not... I don't think it was no, last that summer. No, that wasn't... It was even later than last summer. It was well, um. It was third grade spring break. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, but I'm that saying, wasn't even this spring break. That was last year's spring well, break. Yeah, you've seen a lot of these movies. I'm just saying that there's a list of movies from my childhood that mean so much to me, and getting to share them with you has been like on my agenda from the beginning. Running Man, Aliens, uh, Predator, Terminator, Terminator 2, which is from the early 90s. Neither of those are, but Terminators, not not the first two Terminators are not sci-fi. Why? Why would you say that? But the one that's actually in the future is more sci-fi. Mm. So why would you say that the first Terminator is not a science fiction it's movie? It's just a monster movie. But the monster's like indestructible, just... Yeah, but the monster is a time-traveling robot from the future. A time-traveling killer... Time-traveling killer robot from the past. That would be weirder if it's from the past. That would be weird. A time traveling killer robot from the past. A time traveler killing robot from the future is definitely sci fi. But what if it's actually from the past? Well, then that's also sci fi. Oh. Um, Okay, I guess. But you're, I think what you mean, what do you mean? You want there to be spaceships? No, it's it's not really sci fi because it's basically just. Now, normal life, but with a robot. Yeah, but back when it was created, there were no robots like that. Now, there kind of actually are. Yeah, there might actually be killer robots soon. Not that we'll be using them, except for for war. They killed a guy in Texas a a couple weeks ago. With a bomber. Yeah, it was like the the dumbest killer robot ever. Because it just had a bomb strapped to it, and it just waddle, waddle, waddle. You know what I think? I'm not thinking, tr- like, car, but that's probably what it was. I'm thinking, like, a little penguin waddler. It was a, um, he's more like Wally, I think. He had I was thinking of tank like treads. A little penguin thing that just waddle, waddle. No, the robot, the robot like that they used. Feet, two feet waddler, waddle, From what waddle, I've seen, waddle. from what I've seen, the robot that they used to carry a small amount of explosive to the Dallas police shooter and to kill him with the bomb, uh... That robot was like a badass version of Wally. 
with like the treads and he could be he could be short or he could be tall he had arms that could reach up and down the crazy thing is that like i mean not to second guess police doing their job killing somebody but um it seems like they could get a dumber robot to carry a bomb than yeah, that. they could just get like a car because that that robot had like um a lot of skills maybe it was old <laughs> Maybe they're ready to retire him. They could have just had a remote control car or something. Just right. go ver. It helps to have a camera on it. And who knows? Yeah, mount a camera on a car. Who knows how else? Well, maybe maybe at the last minute, all they had was that bomb robot. Um, there's another story that was in the news recently. I feel like that robot's actually just supposed to be able to throw it and run. That would be better for the just, robot. like, has the bomb in its hands and just goes... Yeah, that would then goes away as fast as possible. Just if the robot had a personality, had an had an intelligence, then that would have might maybe been the robot's best plan. But that's the other thing about that robot; he was just a uh, remote control. Or place it down and run away. He, unlike the Terminator, he was a remote controlled robot. He didn't have much of his own plans. Um, there was another like weird killer robot story in the news recently that made me think of the guy that died in the self-driving car. Right. He let his car drive for him and it crashed. What do you think of that story? Scary. I don't want to have a self-driving car. Never? No. Well, unless they're perfected and do everything. Hmm. What about learning to drive and like having the self-driving car help you? That would be useful, but, like, I'd be tempted just to look down and watch a movie. Yeah. Maybe even be in the back seat. Yeah, maybe take a nap. That's what I would yeah. do. And then if you have, like, mamas in the car, she can still, like, lunge over and yeah. wake you up. Well, oh killer robots um, are no longer science fiction, according to this 10-year-old boy. And he's probably mostly right. I think that time-traveling killer robots is science fiction. Um, there's also stuff about that movie, though, Terminator, that is more real than it ever was. And because when that movie came out, there were no robot killer, killer robot planes. And now there are. We fight a lot of our wars with what we call drones, which are remote controlled killer robot planes that have no people in them. And when the movie came out, that was just a fantasy. Um... I just want to tell you about this guy who wrote these great books that you'll read someday later. His name is William Gibson, and he started writing, and they were called Cyberpunk. And Cyberpunk is basically the version of science fiction that started in the early 90s that's about the internet, basically. Like, before the internet even had a wor- was a word. William Gibson was writing these, among other authors. When he started writing science fiction stories in the 90s, they were science fiction. But he's still writing stories now and he doesn't call them science fiction anymore they're just called novels and the same thing happens in those books but basically the world that he imagined is here so he doesn't imagine anything else he doesn't have to imagine anything now he doesn't have to imagine anything now he just says what's happening in real yeah so he writes about computers and spies and all that stuff he's the man that invented the word cyberspace 
You ever heard the word cyberspace? No. What do you think it means? Um, like kind of like a light speed. Hmm. Close. Cyberspace is the idea that you go inside of a computer and you ex- you run around in a world. Basically, just a video game. That that's basically just Minecraft or a video game like that. Yeah, exactly. Cyberspace is basically Minecraft. That's just but, like Minecraft or like any or Call of Duty. Yeah, but back back but in Call the nineties, actually have to like shoot people. Back in the late eighties, when he came up with that word, the only place you could go to play a video game was on one computer. Computers weren't networked together to play video games, so their space was or very arcades. Limited. It was like. Yeah, but basically, if you think about cyberspace from the from that perspective, the space was inside of a tiny box. Mm. But now, so cyberspace- it's basically not space as in space. Yeah, like outer space. Right, cyberspace is this other. So that was he's the guy that invented that. All the way back to the beginning. Literally, that's the name. You've been listening to Mega Screen Time. Mega Screen Time. Thanks for checking out this extra special long episode of Mega Screen Time. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can check it out on the SoundCloud uh, uh, playlist. Also, my YouTube account. You can't check it out on that, but there's my YouTube account, which you can also check out. Yeah, Eamon would like you to check out his YouTube account. If you want to go find it. It is just Eamon Nyree Klein. E-A-M-O-N-N-Y-I-R-I-K-L-E-I-N. So that's where Eamon's on YouTube. Spaces in between... Eamon, Nyree, and Klein. I think another way that people can find it is if they go to our Twitter or to our Facebook, we can put a po- link to your or recent videos. In so make a screen. Instagram. Instagram. You can put like, links in Instagram. Instagram's not really a linking social really? network. Yeah, but um, we'll put links to Eamon's YouTube account, which he's very proud of. He's been uh, creating some new content for the YouTube channel, and we'll put links to that in our Facebook and our Twitter uh, you can find both of those by searching for Mega Screen Time. Uh, like I said, SoundCloud has a Mega Screen Time playlists. Uh, you can go find us there by searching for Mega Screen Time. But iTunes is the nice way place to, to listen to past episodes. Um, most of our episodes are half an hour. This is the only one that was an hour. We won't do this again. We'll also, pod- you should still check out Magic Sword. Still do it. Yes. Just because we have permission doesn't mean you shouldn't check it out. Totally. Magic Sword it's amazing. is amazing. Magic Sword is this band and they they have uh, given us permission to use their music. So far we... you've only really heard two different um, songs. This is actually the first time that song number 2 is played. I think this is still the first song. No, this is, number two. this is number 2. Really? Oh, well, you've never heard this part of the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I paused it this time instead of letting it play. Yeah, so Magic oh, Sword... Oh, I thought it just went all the way through. Magic Sword's a very cool band, and we endorse them and thank them so much for using their music. Well, maybe we'll put a link to them on the Facebook as well uh, for funsies. Well, buddy, uh, until next time, thank you so much. What, what should we talk about on the next episode, do you think? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it By out. By doing something. 
by living our lives in front of screens here on Mega Screen Time. Mega Screen Time. Oh, I remember uh, megascreentime.org. No, oh, yeah. .com. Com? Megascreentime.com is our website. That's actually where, that's, that's the first place you should go. All right. Thanks for listening to this pod, Father Son Podcast. See you next time. <laughs>